Hello, and welcome to the How to Make a Podcast podcast. My name is Casey Ruff from Boundless Body LLC, and I am the host of Boundless Body Radio. Before October of 2020, I was not a podcaster. Now, I have recorded hundreds of episodes featuring incredible guests, created tons of helpful content, and have consistently generated thousands of downloads every month since I began. I'm just a regular dude trying to share a message, and now I'm ready to show you my process, my successes and failures, and everything I've learned along the way to help you start your own podcast. Together, we'll explore the entire process of having a podcasting idea and take it all the way to publishing your first episode and explore all the steps in between. Then, I'll give you all the tools that you will need so you can record as many episodes that you want to release after that. Podcasting is one of the most enriching skills I've ever added to my life, and I've learned a ton by talking with some of my heroes and sharing it with anyone who wants to join us on our journey. So, sit back, grab a notebook, take some notes, and welcome to the How to Make a Podcast podcast. Hey, hey, this is Casey Ruff, and welcome to episode 15 of season two. Today, we are speaking with Danny Hamilton. Danny is a functional nutritional therapy practitioner and a restorative wellness practitioner specializing in blood sugar regulation and digestion. She uses a holistic approach to help reverse insulin resistance in her patients. Danny is the host of the popular podcast, Unlock the Sugar Shackles. Danny was hosted on our primary podcast, so be sure to check out her amazing story and the story of the Unlock the Sugar Shackles podcast on episode 266 of Balanced Body Radio. Danny Hamilton, welcome to the How to Make a Podcast podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here and talk about something other than blood sugar. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. This has been really fun uh, as like a side project to be able to talk about podcasting. And it's it's so interesting to learn about all the different people who are doing podcasts and all the different ways that podcasting can be done. It's it's quite interesting. I've selfishly taken a lot of tips and tricks from a lot of people and I expect to steal some of yours today. So that'll be great for me. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I feel like I consider myself a very low-key podcaster. It's kind of bare bones, bare minimum stuff. And I get my show out there and it's reaching people. And I'm typically a perfectionist, but I'm not when it comes to my podcast. And and it's been it's been okay so far. And I get really good feedback on it. So um yeah, excited to talk about it today. That's awesome. I mean, that is exactly why we wanted to talk to you. Your podcast comes across as very authentic and very real. And, you know, making something perfect from the very beginning almost kept us from starting our podcast to begin with. Like, you obsess over all these little minor details and and you're wasting all that time not putting something out there that could help people when really, like, the process will teach you all the lessons you need as you go. And even if your show isn't perfect from the beginning, like, uh, the, the act of putting something out there, I think is so much more meaningful than trying to perfect everything all at once. A hundred percent. I heard this great quote from a friend of mine and she said, don't let perfectionism be the enemy of the good. And it's like, you're sitting there with a, a message, with information to share people that might help people or improve their lives or brighten their lives or, you know, take them away from the stress of their day. So you have something that can help people. And by you obsessing over the, these like small details and the perfectionism of it, you are preventing people from receiving that message. And, you know, that's with any sort of business idea and all these things. And and with a podcast, that was one of the first things I set up in my business 
because I always knew when I learned about holistic health, I wanted to shout this information from the rooftops. I wanted to tell everybody who would listen. And most people weren't ready to hear it, that like, you know, the vegetable oils and the food that they're eating wasn't good for them. And so podcasting was a really great way to sort of uh, direct my energy and my passion and just, you know, kind of, I always call it like, I'm just like yelling into the abyss. I just can just say whatever I want. And it's also really therapeutic for me because I can say all these things that I feel like I've been wanting to say. And then there is an audience who wants to hear these things. And I think that the marriage of those two things are really, really important and really wonderful as, as someone who has a lot to share. Wow. I love that. Um, I just think coming at it with that type of attitude and with that kind of intention, uh, it, it's just such a pure intention. I, I absolutely love that you do that. Before we get into your podcast and the process of podcasting, um, I think it is um, important to kind of talk about your story. You have such an interesting story into health, and I think it'd be nice to give the audience a brief introduction of yourself and how you got interested in the space that you're in. Yeah, sure. So I struggled with my health um, throughout my life. And I mean, it was basic things when I was younger, you know, a lot of ear infections, strep throat, antibiotics. Um, I had to get my tonsils out when I was a senior in high school, which was hell. I had uh, subsequent allergies and asthma after I got my tonsils out because the tonsils are part of the immune system. And then and my diet got worse when I went to college. And so I was allergic to so many things getting, it was getting worse. I was taking all these allergy pills. I moved to Miami. The allergy season was year round. I was getting allergy shots. I was getting five of them because I was so allergic to so many things. So they had to put them in all different shots. And I was doing this like every other day, getting shots in the stomach. It was crazy. And um, I had my my gynecologist on speed dial begging for prescriptions. I was having um, a sinus infections. I mean, I was just so sick. And you'd look at me from the outside and be like, oh, she's healthy. You know, I struggled with acne. I struggled with my weight. Like you name it. I feel like I was struggling with it. And I... I found the paleo diet and which is basically real food, getting out processed food, kind of changing, flipping what we know on its head. So really taking that, that food pyramid and kind of flipping it upside down. And that's kind of how I eat. And that has, it, it profoundly changed my life. And I got rid of my allergies and asthma effortlessly, never had another sinus infection. My immune system improved. And then I started to have issues with my hormones, even after I changed my diet and I realized blood sugar was at the root of that. So um, I was able to change my diet, change my lifestyle, add in supplements, and I went to nutritional therapy school and I kind of learned how to address the foundations of our health, address all these root causes. And that allowed me to be able to heal not only myself, but start healing other people. And right away, as soon as I learned about this stuff, like I said earlier, I just wanted to shout it from the rooftops. And I am an Enneagram one with a very strong two wing. So that basically means that I um, have these perfectionistic tendencies. I like um, logic and I like facts and information, but I also like to connect with people and share this information. So I I always, it, they say that we can tend to come off preachy <laughs> and that's something that I always have to monitor in myself, especially in my podcasting, that I don't want to come off preachy, but it's that I have this information that I'm dying to get. I, I just, I want people to know this information. What they do with it is totally up to them, but I want them to at least know because I feel like one of the things that really struck me so much and kind of 
ignited this whole thing. And this is this like feeling of, of justice that we as ones on the Enneagram feel is that a great injustice has been done in that we are not getting the correct information about our health. We're getting information that has been tainted by big food, big pharma, you know, all these, you know, the man, whatever you want to call it, but it's all in the name of profits. And we are, our health is suffering as a result. So people, you know, my mom was trying to feed me the best of her abilities. And this was in the eighties and nineties. And when low fat was everything and, and eat, you know, hundred calorie packs and granola bars and have canola oil, but just not too much fat. And that's going to be great for you. And that my mom was just trying to do the best she could. She had this information and I was super sick from that. And she feels guilty. And I'm like, mom, it wasn't your fault. And that's the thing. It's not people's fault. It's that it's bad information. So that strikes at my heart. And I just want people to have new information and they can do what they want with that information, put it into play, experiment in their own lives. But that's kind of where I'm coming from as a podcaster. So after I went to nutritional therapy school, I um, I was still working as a speech therapist. Uh, I was a speech therapist for 10 years. And I would I knew that I was just in the wrong industry. I just didn't, I, my heart was not there. And so as I was a speech therapist, I was trying to work my way out of that. And so I, I started my Instagram and my podcast. And those were the first two things that I started in my business. And um, it was something that I taught myself how to do. And I got really great feedback on it. And some of my earliest episodes are my most listened to episodes. So even though I had no idea what I was doing and I still don't, and I still change the format of my show all the time, it continues to grow. And people are listening to those earlier episodes. They're listening all the way through. They're like, oh, I'm like the best compliment I can get is like, Danny, I've been binging your podcast. Like I've listened to every episode and it's really great. And, And people are telling me that their lives are changing they've transformed from just listening to my podcast. And I was able to help myself in my own health journey by listening to other people's podcasts. So I feel like it's a way of giving back as well. That's so amazing. that's my story. <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely amazing. One of my biggest hopes for this podcast, obviously we're talking to, um, you know, presumably a podcasting audience, people who want to learn the process and get better at podcasting. I was really hoping that there would be quite a bit of crossover between the world of health and the things that we typically talk about on our shows, you know, in this community. And I think lots of people could listen to your story and realize like, wow, like I didn't realize, you know, my allergies could be caused from sugar or following the guidelines that the government tells me to follow. And so, I really Mm -hmm. appreciate you going down that path and hopefully, you know, for the listeners listening to this and you want to get something out of podcasting, I hope you really consider some of the things that Danielle said, because they're really important and they're probably affecting you more than you think. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Um, and you mentioned that podcasting was one of the first things you added to the business. I think that's really respectable. I was going to ask, you kind of answered the question. I was going to ask if podcasting was a way that you learned a lot of this stuff. And it sounds like that was really instrumental in your own knowledge was listening to other podcasts. Oh, absolutely. Um, the first podcast that I really listened to was from Diane Sanfilippo and Liz Wolf, the balance bites podcast. And I learned so much from Diane and I would listen to them and they were, you know, kind of girls, a little bit, just a few years older than me. And I was like, wow, I would love to be doing what they're doing. So not only did the podcast teach me about health and help me improve my health, but I was like, I want to be doing this. And that was in 2013. And here we are nine years later and I'm doing it. And it's like that really, it really planted the seed for me. So 
you know, you might be listening and be like, oh, you know, I've always wanted to kind of start a podcast and and I'm not sure. And it's like, you can do it. (laughs) You have the tools, like you have the internet, you have Google, so you can figure out how to do it. Uh, If you have something to say, there will be an audience who wants to hear it. Totally true. I absolutely love that. Well, that's fantastic. You made a post recently that I really wanted to hone in on today. And and you Mm -hmm. posted this on Instagram. You talked about your five most downloaded episodes. And this is a really interesting thing. I get asked about all the time. I'm sure you do as well and probably, you know, made you you do that post to begin with. People ask, like, what are your, your most popular episodes? And oftentimes, I don't know if I've got a great explanation of why one episode did really well for downloads, another one maybe I felt like had better content, but didn't do as well. But I wanted to go kind of down the list and talk about some of the things that you noticed in the podcast you did that ended up getting downloaded the most. And the first thing I want to Mm -hmm. point out is that the format, you've already mentioned this, the format of each one of these is is slightly different. It's not always the same show in each one of those. So can you talk a little bit about how your format has changed between some of the ones that that are your most downloaded episodes? Yeah, sure. So, you know, at the beginning, I was like, I want to have all these segments on my show. Like I, I used to do something I'm digging lately where I can share a product. I, it's like, oh, I need to bring that back. <laughs> you know, that's a great thing. That's a, a great spot for that. But I didn't do any advertising at the beginning because I didn't, you know, it was just kind of me. I didn't have any, let's say, affiliate links or or podcast sponsors or anything like that. Um, but and then there were things like I did a gratitude segment because I want that uh, that's something very important to my life. And I want my listeners to be, you know, developing maybe some healthier habits. So little things I can throw in. And then a lot of my beginning episodes were me talking by myself. And now I tend to have, there's so many people who I'm meeting and connecting with that most of my episodes end up being interview episodes. So it's, I feel like the beginning episodes were a lot of what I have to say about blood sugar. And now there's a lot more interviews with experts and how blood sugar can be affected by different things. Like recently I had someone on talking about light, how light impacts blood sugar. Um, One of my best episodes was with my friend, Danielle Dame, and she is a sugar freedom coach. And she does stuff with what she calls the inner work. So limiting beliefs, self-sabotage, these types of things. And that was one of my best episodes because all of these things are related to blood sugar. You know, I have sleep experts and I have people talking about movement because I think about, let's say, blood sugar as like the center of a wheel. And then there's all these different spokes of things that are affecting it. So a lot of us will think that it's just the food. And so that's what I talk about the most, because that is one of the biggest aspects that's affecting our blood sugar. And that's what I specialize in. But I also want to talk about other people where we can start up leveling and start to think about, oh, you know, if if I have a perfect plate of food, but I'm not sleeping. I'm super stressed out. I sit at a computer all day under artificial light. My blood sugar is not improving. It's like, well, no wonder because all those other things matter. So, um, I guess the top episodes I have, um, the first one is, you know, your body on sugar. And I talk about sugar's effects on every cell and organ in the body. And that's episode number two after my story, which is another top five episode. So I think a lot of people, when they listen to the show, they start at the beginning. And, um, and I, I, I will tell people to do that because there's so many, there's so much good information in these beginning episodes. And I think it's, uh, I have someone who, who commented after I made that post and said, 
about that episode about sugar's effects on every cell and organ. She's like, I've listened to that episode like six times just as a reminder. And so I think that, you know, in my niche, it's a good reminder to know what sugar is doing to our bodies because the knowledge of what's going on on the inside, that, that why that's really impactful for me to make changes that I'm making. I don't want to just be like, Oh, make this change because so-and-so said so like that doesn't feel aligned. Like I want to know, you know, if I'm going to sit and meditate and take time out of my day, I want to know all the benefits I'm getting because that's going to make me happy. I did it. So if we're asking people to get off of a very delicious, addictive substance, it might be easiest if they know like, oh yeah, I really is causing damage in every single cell of my body when I eat this stuff. So that can help with um, the consistency. You know, some other episodes, like I said, the welcome to the show, my story. I think people want to hear your story. They want to connect. Like, who is this person? And why should I be listening to them? Um, so I think that having your story in your podcast is really important because you might be like, wow, this person has a lot of good information but I want to know who they are. So I can know like, what experience does she really have with this? Or why are they telling me this? Um, and you can sort of know what their credentials are, what their story is. And I can't tell you how many people said, I listened to your podcast and I listened to your story. And I was like, she's talking about me. We have the same story. And that is how so many people, how you connect with so many people. It's because, oh my goodness, this person must know how to help me because they have gone through the same thing and they have helped themselves. And so being detailed in your story can be really, really impactful because someone might relate to, you know, a, one chunk of your story. And they're like, that is the exact thing I'm going through, even if the rest of it isn't the same. So uh, I think that's really important. And then um, there was one period that I took a break from podcasting. I had, there was mold in my house. We moved, I was super stressed. So there was a big chunk of time, several months that I didn't post a new podcast. And so there was an episode that I did with Sean Wells and it says lifestyle and diet experimentation for more energy. And I do think that people are always looking for more energy, especially people who are struggling with their blood sugar. So I think that the energy component definitely caught people, but I think that this episode is also um, ranked maybe higher than others because it was my last most uh, recent episode for a really long time. <laughs> so that, I mean, there are just some little things that kind of happen that, that can bump some episodes up to the top, but it also was an extremely great interview. Um, so I think it was for multiple reasons, it was in my top five. Yeah. Gotcha. Thank you for explaining that. That's great. Mm -hmm. So your top five, the number one and number three were the ones you mentioned. So the number three most downloaded was episode one, which was your story. Uh, the, the top downloaded one was your body on sugar, which is episode number two. And in your opinion, you being really authentic and telling your story in a way that was really relatable is what took those episodes from good to great and earned you the most downloads. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I think so. Gotcha. How much were you paying attention to things like audio quality in the very beginning? Because I got to say, <laughs> going back and listening to those, your, your shows sound really great. They, they've always sounded really good. Um, so I bought, you know, I bought a podcasting mic. The reason why I laughed is because I am still struggling with the audio component. Like one recently I, I tried to record the beginning, beginning of an episode and it sounded like I had a lisp. I couldn't fix it. I didn't know what happened. Um, and so my microphone sounded super weird because I was trying to get rid of the lisp. There was one episode that I did with Maria Emmerich and my voice sounds really deep and weird. And people are like, is this you? So I have had 
situations where the audio has not been great. And that tugs at my perfectionism. It's like, Oh God, this sounds so terrible, but I'm like, there's nothing I can do. It's into the universe. Like I can't go back and re-record. I, I can't do anything about this at the moment. So I'm just going to put it out there. And if people don't listen to it because of the audio, they don't listen to it, but there, there is an audio that is really um, terrible. So I just have um, a podcasting mic. I have a Yeti mic. I was looking into getting a new one because I'm like, oh my goodness, this one's giving me a list. I have a pop filter in front of it and I just kind of hope for the best. <laughs> so I, I wanted to get something that was decent entry level. I have no idea what I'm doing when it comes to like audio. I, I don't even know what to say. Like I just, I record and I don't even really edit anything. I just kind of, if I mess up at the beginning, which I do mess up so many times when I'm trying to do my intros, um, I, you know, I will erase it, but I'm not editing out ums and ahs and likes and things like that. I try to be really mindful of how I'm speaking so that I don't say those words all the time. Of course, I say them sometimes, but I try to be really mindful So because I know that I'm not editing. And I don't edit my guests either And because I'm doing this all myself at, the, at this moment. So I just hired a VA and she's going to help me with these things down the line. But yeah, so since I'm doing it all myself, audio quality, unfortunately, kind of goes on the back burner because I just want it to be, you know, have, I have a podcasting mic and a pop filter, but other than that, it's, it's just kind of, I just throw it out there. <laughs> yeah. That's fantastic. I hope that's really encouraging for the listener who's thinking about like all these different things and equipment they need to buy and all this stuff and all the editing and processing. And oh my goodness, it can get so overwhelming so quick. It, it is nice to know that you can do it with a very minimal approach. And the way to get better at things is not necessarily getting better at editing all the ums and ahs, but trying to say those less, which I just think in general makes you a better communicator anyway. Yeah, I think so too. And it's something that I had to practice on my podcast. And then as I was being interviewed for more podcasts, as I got used to it, I felt that I was a better guest because I wasn't saying, um, like, uh, all the time, which I noticed that certain people do. So, you know, newer people who I might bring onto my podcast who I haven't thoroughly vetted, or, you know, I had a friend of mine as my first guest on my podcast and she was never a podcast guest. And it, it makes a difference because someone knows how to hold space or just pause and think of something and be mindful of what they're saying instead of, um, yeah. And like, it just, it sounds so different. So it's not a conversation when you're podcasting. It's not a conversation you have to, you can be okay with taking a dramatic pause to collect your, your thoughts, but you don't want to be saying those words and it makes you practice. And then you're a better guest when you are a speaker on other people's podcasts. Yeah, totally agree. That took me a while to understand. And I would edit out those long dramatic pauses. Oftentimes when a guest would take time to be really thoughtful about an answer and you kind of lose something there, you lose, you know, that, I mean, you're kind of paying attention to how this person is considering a thoughtful answer. And so you lose a little bit if you cut that out. So I think that's a really, really good point. And great to highlight those two episodes, you know, your top downloaded, your number three downloaded. You've already mentioned number two, which was all about energy with Sean Wells. Um, I was able to interview him as well. And he's such a great guest. And, and he's mm -hmm. a bit of a challenge to interview just in the fact that he knows so much about so many different things. <laughs> it was really hard to like 
decide, like, how are we going to narrow this down and decide what to talk about? Because we could talk about everything in quite a bit of depth because his knowledge base is just like that. Um, and it sounded like you took some time off. And so maybe it was the timing that made this a really highly downloaded one, like you said. But what else about that interview do you think made it go from good to great like your other ones, just besides the fact that he's really great and, and everybody wants more energy? Yeah, I think that it really was a great interview. I think that we had really good rapport. We we vibed really well on the episode and he does just have incredible amount of knowledge to share. And I think it's really, it was really relevant to my audience. And it was a lot of stuff about biohacking and you know, his book is incredible. Uh, the energy formula or the energy fix, I forget what it's called. Um, so yeah, I can't really think of why else other than what you already said, but he is an incredible guest. And I did also struggle with that too, because there were so many questions and it's just like, Oh, what do you want to know? (laughs) Like everything, just start talking, you know? (laughs) That's awesome. I, you know, I, I don't know how to say this. I was I was really impressed with his knowledge, but for whatever reason, that was one of the more poorly downloaded episodes that we've ever had. Um, mm. And and I yeah, it makes me curious. I'm not sure why exactly that was. Um, because again, his content is really engaging. I thought we had good rapport, but it it just I don't know something didn't come across in that. So um, you must have found like the the proper way of like asking questions and really unlocking some of that stuff because I felt like we left a lot on the table and it just ended up not being one that was very downloaded for us. So I think that's a really cool example of the work that you did to be able to get that out of him. Yeah. And I think it also, just like with emails, it really has so much to do with how you title the episode. And that's one of the things that is, I feel like the hardest for me, but I'm, you know, I'm kind of playing with different episode titles and what's hitting and and how to get people to actually click on the episode. And it's hard for me sometimes because we talk about so many different things. So I want to include all those those things in the title, but I, I go back and forth kind of with, okay, should I focus on the main thing? Like what is the main thing that I can get out of this that people are wanting to know that something that would make someone, oh, I need to know the answer to this question. So I'm gonna click on this. Sometimes lists do really well, like the top five, whatever. And I was talking with another friend who is also a podcaster. And I noticed that she was using really long podcast titles. And she said that a lot of other people, bigger podcasters were doing this too, because it's all searchable. So it's all SEO type stuff. So I I don't even know these terms. Um, (laughs) Very baby in the business. Uh, But you can because all of these titles, you can get these keywords from them. It is more important to use more words in your title. So I think I may go for a little bit longer than I'm used to, or, or you know, t- to get a few more keywords in there and maybe, you know, just separate with commas, these different ideas and topics that we're talking about. So I might 
sort of play with that. What about you? What do you know about <laughs> and what's been working for you? Okay. Fascinating. Um, first of all, you can't ask me questions when I'm the host. I'm supposed to ask you all the questions. <laughs> um, I, you know, th- this is something I don't think we've ever talked about. I'm so glad you brought this up, the title of your episodes. Um, yeah. So so I, I look back on the episode that we got to do with you on Boundless Body, and the way I've always thought about the titles is I really want to capture whatever that person is currently promoting. So whether it's their latest book, whether it's a program they're trying to do, um, I, I try to use that as the title because I want it to be the most relevant for my guest who I'm hoping will turn around and, and see that we've created something really unique and really positive and they will want to go out and share the message because I feel like I've got, you know, the people that follow our show, which is great. And I'm always going to promote our guests to them, but I don't have everybody else's audiences. And so I'm wondering like with, when you're, when you're picking a title, are you considering, you know, what that person is currently promoting and whether that person is going to turn around and, and share it around on their social media? I'm not thinking that actually (laughs) I'm thinking what does my audience want to hear? And then as I'm promoting it, whether, you know, if usually my guests will promote it with their audience as well. And I think that I'm always focused on my listener. So I'm focused on my audience. And then if, if it's shared by a person who listens to it, by the person who is the guest it will be attracting my target audience. So if I'm going out there and saying like, let's say someone has something on optimizing, God, so many things are related to blood sugar. So it's kind of hard, but if it was something that didn't have to do with, with blood sugar, then I wouldn't promote that because that's not what my show is about. So I would find a way to make it relevant to my audience because I want them to see how it's related. So I'm taking something that might be seemingly unrelated to blood sugar and I'm linking it in the title like hey, you need to know this because this is related to why you're here. So I want you to keep listening to these episodes because even though you didn't think that light was involved with your blood sugar or like how cold exposure can be related to your blood sugar, did you know that it can be? And these are some other tools to help. So I'm always thinking about my main messaging. I don't know if that's right or wrong or whatever, but that's just kind of how I do things. I'm, I'm just going to say that to me, that sounds more right than wrong to approach it that way. And I feel like I can say that because I've spent a lot of time trying to create episodes around the guest and I'm probably over considering what their audience would want to hear. And that's gotten me to drift off into topics that I probably had no business being in to begin with. And I probably haven't spent enough time considering what the average or consistent listener to our show would be considering. And so recently I've had to cancel a few episodes that I thought like selfishly would be really interesting to talk about something I'd be interested in, but, but also that, you know, if somebody's listening to our average episode, they might not connect with that person. It doesn't really serve our audience. So I'm going to say that you're more right than I have been in the past. I'm going your direction and thinking more about our normal listener versus thinking about somebody else's audience and whether or not they're going to share it, whether that's going to have an effect because it's so far out of my control really. Yeah. And I think that if you stick with your messaging and tie it back into your messaging, you will get the people who were meant to listen to it. You don't want every single person from my, 
let's say with my audience, you don't want every person with my audience to listen to something that it might not be relevant. So if I'm sharing something with my audience, if I'm the guest on your show and then we share it on and I share it on my page, my people already know me, right? So that's, I don't know. I think that I want to get people to be referred to these sources if they really need it. So let's say a sleep expert or something, if I'm not doing that, or um, someone's hosting a program uh, that I don't host, but then continuing to, I don't know, add value. I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying, (laughs) but (laughs) I think it's, it's an interesting, an interesting thought, but I, I know that from business coaches and programs that I've done before is that they tell you to focus on your avatar or your unicorn or whatever you want to call it. And I'm always thinking about that person who's listening to my show and I'm trying to find her if she's in an, um, another audience and she needs me. So, but I also think that there's value in going on other people's show to get the new listenership. So I think that when you're hosting your own podcast, it's like, it, it's hard because it's not like you're, you don't want to give up your audience. I w- I really want people to be, to get healthy. And so if, if I can't help them, I want them to find the right person who can. So I, that's where it's kind of like this hub for people who are sort of related um, and also sharing a message. So we're bridging the messages and people can sort of, it's like, okay, well, once I work on my blood sugar, now I'm going to go work on my hormones and my cycle because that feels like it's a next progression. So they might work with my friend, Karen Martell, who's a hormone specialist. So it is an interesting kind of web of, you know, bringing guests on and also doing solo episodes too. So I was just thinking, I feel like I need more solo episodes because there starts to be this, this buildup of things that I want to say. And it's like, oh my goodness, I I was just speaking for 50 minutes nonstop. I guess I had a lot to say. (laughs) So it's also important to do those solo episodes sometimes if that's how your show is set up, because you also want your voice to to be in there, to be, um, you know, people are following you for a reason. And if you're only having these experts, maybe that's how your show is designed. You just want to be the host to like send people out. But also if you have something that you want to sell, you want people, you need people to know, like, and trust you. And you do that by sharing your content. So I think it's also something to consider the balance of the solo episodes versus the interviews and how that will work with your business. That's fantastic. I'm so glad we're discussing this. I've like, again, selfishly like stolen so many great ideas. That's awesome. I have been a little bit more diligent about asking for podcast trades rather than just saying like, Hey, I want to host you on my podcast. If they also host a podcast, I've been trying to say like, Hey, why don't we do a trade? I can come on yours. Here's some topics that I can talk about if you have any interest, you know, and, and if they don't, that's totally fine. And I'll, I'll still host them on our show, but it is, is a kind of a weird thing to pitch yourself to be on other people's show. But I, I think you're right. I think that's a great way to to get your message out and, and get your name out to other audiences. Yeah, for sure. And I know a friend of mine, Maddie Lansdowne, he's got a great podcast, How to Not Get Sick and Die. And his podcast is crushing. And we were asking him in our mastermind, like, what the heck are you doing to get so many downloads of your podcast? And he said that he it's part of his business model to get on other people's show. So as a podcaster yourself, you want to get good at what you do, but you also want to be out there 
and be listened to because that's where the new audience is, is on someone else's podcast. I think this is, this is part of, uh, you know, part partially where you can find new audiences and that's how you get your name out there. And they hear you talking and they're like, Oh, I like, I enjoyed listening to this person. She has a lot to say. I wonder what she has to say on her own podcast. So I think that the best advertising that you can do for your own podcast is being a guest on another person's podcast. <laughs> totally agree. Totally agree. I think that helps you with communication. I also think it helps you understand how to be a better host when you go back to hosting a show because quite frankly, I've been on some shows where I thought the content and the questions were really good and I've tried to get some ideas from that. And I've been on some shows that were, were frankly pretty bad. <laughs> you know, people <laughs> talking over each other, you know, they weren't following any type of like script, which generally I think is okay, but they weren't staying on track. And so they it would the conversation would just go or they'd be talking more than I would and it was like I don't mind I'm just like why am I a guest on your show if I'm not going to be the guest you know what I mean oh totally this happened to me on a summit actually which is you know another thing related to podcasting where the person who was hosting was really making it about them and I felt so uncomfortable I was interrupted so many times and I would never, ever, ever say yes to doing any sort of interview with this person ever again, because I felt so uncomfortable and I had never felt like that in a podcast interview. And so sometimes we want to make sure that as a podcast, we're giving our guests a chance to shine. And, you know, I feel like I like to sort of also interject and, and because I know my audience. So I might, if someone says something really long, eloquently, really good, I might maybe summarize it and say, that's, you know, what I talked about in these other episodes that you guys are used to hearing about, blah, blah, blah. So I'll sort of relate it for my audience, almost like I have a guest speaker in my classroom. So I was, you know, I was a speech therapist for a while and I do feel like I have this almost like a, I'm like a teacher at heart. And so I like to make those connections, pull those things out, pull those highlights out for my audience, because not everyone hears nutrition information the same way I hear it. it it's easy for me. It's something that comes easy for me. If we were talking about like taxes or, you know, the inner workings of a car, whew, it would be right over my head, but this <laughs> is something that comes easy to me. And so I like to sort of distill the information for people and, you know, I'll talk a little bit there and, but I'm not sort of, I'm not trying to outshine the guest and be like, look how much I know about this topic, you know? And that's what I, that, that could be my tendency to be like, oh, I know a lot about this too. That's where I have to check myself. So, you know, you learn a lot when you, when you host and you want to have good rapport with someone and you don't want to outshine them, but you want to also match where they're at and be like, oh yeah, that reminds me of this. And can we talk about this more? And they'll be like, oh yeah, it does. And they get excited that you know the topic too. So it's finding that really good balance of where you're, you're connecting with the guests at their level and also asking them like, hey, can you dive into this? Because I know you speak really well about it and you're allowing them space to shine. Yeah, I love that. And something we've commented about a lot on this show is like that will just help you in your normal life to be a better communicator, realizing that guess what? Maybe people don't want to hear you just talk about what you took from the Real Housewives last week. You know what I mean? Like you don't always have to talk about yourself. People are interested in talking about themselves and being interested in, you know, 
genuinely curious about another person's life is how you really make connections with people and show people that you care. And I think that's just, that's a human skill. It's like a life skill. So I think that's so important. I love that about your podcast, which brings me to episodes four and five, which were back to more interview style. So let's talk about number four uh, called Limiting Beliefs. Um, You you already mentioned her name, which I'm going to book your Danielle Diem. Is that how you say it? Dame. 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 Got it. Um, Tell us a little bit about that episode and why you think that one made the top five. So I think that when it comes to sugar, which is my topic, unlocking the sugar shackles, people can do a lot of work with the physiology, right? So we can lower our carbs, we can, uh, you know, raise our healthy fats and we can do all these healthy things. But for so many people, we have emotional ties to eating. And I always say that I wish I specialized in this because this, I feel like is the other piece of getting quote unquote, getting off of sugar is this whole mental emotional piece. And you know, how many of us were pacified as children with sugar, how many of us had struggled, but we would go and eat some cookies and we'd feel better. We would self soothe with sugar. And so the emotional work for so many people is something that might have to come first. And so this is a huge topic that's really, really tied with what I do. I work on the physiology, but my other Danielle in the sugar world works on the inner work in the mental, emotional, spiritual stuff. And, you know, we want to do, we want to host retreats together. We, um, we have, our, our podcast episode did so well together. I was one of the, for, I was actually the first guest on her show. So I think that what we have to offer is so complimentary and so intrinsically connected that we need to talk about both. And so I think that that episode is going to continue to climb up the ranks in my podcast because it's so needed. And all the stuff that we talked about on that show was, I mean, I was taking notes. I mean, it was such a good episode. And what she talks about is so important. Um, some of the, the lists we talked about, emotional work, beliefs, identity, values, fears, people-pleasing, boundaries, healing trauma, self-love, and connection, and, and so much more. So we really, really dove into this stuff. And this is the kind of stuff that's a lot of people are like, I can change my macros. I can do whatever you want. But when it comes to this stuff, this is the really hard stuff. And then those people who can't stay consistent, they can't stick with it. They keep going back to sugar. This is where I have to send them. I have to send them to do the work with Danielle because doing all the physiology stuff, if they can't do it because of their limiting beliefs and all this emotional work that needs to be done, they have to start here. So I think it's really just intrinsic to the topic of sugar. Mm. Well, I'm definitely going to be reaching out to her. Um, her story sounds amazing. Um, and, and yeah, you're right. Like as much as a nutrition coach as well, like I want to just tell people, eat this, don't eat that, go about your merry way and do it. Nutrition so emotionally charged with all kinds of stuff that you mentioned that makes it very, very difficult. And so it is important to have that perspective. And I love that you guys went there with that. Um, it is easy just to tell people what to do, but there's so many layers underneath it that need to be uncovered. And I absolutely love that episode. And like I said, I'm going to be reaching out to her to have her on our show because I think that's a tremendous message. The number five, the last one, this leads me to um, animal-based nutrition with Judy Cho, somebody I followed for a very long time as a fellow carnivore coach. Can you tell us why you thought that cracked the top five as well? So I love that episode with with Judy. We are both functional nutritional therapy practitioners, and we both talked a lot about these 
root causes and, and foundations of our health. And we talked a lot about, I just remember loving the information that she shared. We talked about how everything in your body is driven by nutrients. And I think that that the topic of what we talked about of the getting into the nitty gritty, that the fact that we need these nutrients, that we have to digest optimally, we have to be eating foods that are supporting, that are really nutrient dense and getting away from some of these foods that have the anti-nutrients and her story in general. And then the plant-based, plant-based versus animal-based. I think that a lot of people are starting to recognize that plant-based diets are not healthy for the human body for the very, very vast majority of people. Um, and, you know, unless you have supplements, you cannot live, <laughs> you can't, you can't make it on a plant-based diet. And I think that the, the messaging from the mainstream where they're pushing these plant-based diets, a lot of people are really having a lot of damage to their health. And so I think that it could be really interesting for people who come from a plant-based background or who have even heard, oh, plant-based is supposed to be this really healthy thing. How can someone have damage from a plant-based diet? So it might have been attracting people who are interested in that, maybe healing themselves or people who are like carnivore curious being like, wow, um, you know, I'm eating this plant-based diet or mostly plant-based or vegetarian because I've heard it's healthiest and there's damage from that. So I think that I, I really, I think that that was a good title because I wanted to say that, you know, there was damage from plant-based diet to sort of say, without saying like, Hey, I personally don't think you should do a plant-based diet. I kind of let it speak for itself that she did have a ton of damage, um, with her mental health and, and, and the, her physical health and how animal-based nutrition really helped her reverse that. So I think it was a bunch of factors in there. Interesting. So if I'm walking away from this conversation with you today, what I'm gathering is that one of the things that all of these episodes have in common is there is authenticity there's definitely storytelling. The content is very, very good, regardless of whether you're doing a solo episode where you're telling your story or educating the listener, or you're interviewing somebody who is, you're really focusing on the content and asking interesting questions and getting interesting answers that people are really connecting to. And that second to that would be the audio quality, really paying attention to you know, making every episode perfect. Like, sure, this matters, but the content definitely trumps anything you could do audio quality wise. And as long as you've got good quality, you can have an episode where the audio quality isn't perfect, but people are still going to listen and appreciate it because the content is so good. Do you think that's a fair way to sum that up? Absolutely. I think that the content trumps everything. And that if I want to, if someone's going to spend an hour or so of their time, because all of my podcast episodes appear to be over and almost all of them are over an hour. And I always tried to say like, oh, I'm going to do shorter episodes. So people will listen to them and people will listen all the way through. And because there's so much content out there and I have so many people saying, no, don't make them shorter. Like we want to listen to this. Almost all of my interviews go over an hour. I'm a talker and I like to have these long conversations with people and it just feels natural. I'm not going to stop a conversation because of a time limit, I just want to have a natural conversation with someone and they seem to end up being about an hour. And then 
when I talk before and after the episode, that ends up being maybe about 15 to 30 minutes. And so it's adding that onto the episode. So a lot of my podcasts are like an hour, 24 minutes, hour, 15 minutes, hour and 18 minutes, hour, 26 minutes. So I do have these longer episodes, but they seem to be, they're not holding anyone back. And people will say, if I can't listen to the whole thing, I'll listen to it in pieces. So I have kind of been swayed against making shorter episodes. And I find sometimes when I listen to a podcast, when it's so short, it's like, God, I feel like they were just getting going. Like I want to hear more. And so I'm not sacrificing the length just so people will, will listen and I'll get more downloads because I'm putting out more episodes more frequently. Um, and I think that I really come from the my my values are that I want to teach people information and I, I appreciate that they're taking their time out and I want to give them as much information as possible. And for whatever I can't teach them in a podcast because it's personal, you know, I can give general information, then they know that if my free content is this good, I, you know, imagine how much her paid content is. And so I also use it as advertising for my own services, like Hey, you know, if you want to have a conversation with me all about this stuff, but talking about you and answering your questions about how it relates to your life and what you should do next, then you can work with me because I'd love to work with you. And it's just like listening to a podcast, but it's all directed towards you. So, um, yeah, I think that the content is super, super important. Fantastic. I absolutely love that answer. And put me in the group of people that want you to keep the longer format because I totally agree. I can listen to it in pieces, but I want the whole story. I want you to go in depth. I want you to keep asking those questions. And I really love and appreciate that about your podcast. So so um, <laughs> you, you can do the short episodes if you like, but I don't, don't take away the long ones because I absolutely love those. Um, and if you don't mind, why don't you tell the audience where they can find your podcast and what it's called and what you talk about. We've alluded to it a lot, but um, yeah, tell people where they can find you. Sure. Um, my podcast is called Unlock the Sugar Shackles and it can be found anywhere you listen to podcasts. Um, you can ask Alexa to play it. <laughs> um, you can find it on Google and uh, on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And I talk all about blood sugar regulation. So, you know, getting off of sugar for me, who always had a really big sweet tooth, you know, unlocking the sugar shackles for me, had to do with optimizing my blood sugar balance. And I didn't know about that. And it's not just like, hey, let's all use willpower and stop eating sugar. Um, we There's things that we can do to optimize our blood sugar balance. And that is really the heart of what the show is about. People don't need... People know that they eat too much sugar maybe, or that they're addicted to sugar, but they don't know that their blood sugar is a problem. So I don't lead with that, <laughs> um, but that's what the episodes are all about there. It's about optimizing your blood sugar and how that can up-level every single area of your health because as you'll learn in episode two, blood sugar and insulin affects every single cell, organ, and physiological process in your body. And so it's a really important thing to get in check. Yep. If nothing else, it will make you a better podcaster for not suffering blood sugar highs and lows during your episodes and give you a better <laughs> ability to focus and ask interesting questions, which you do such a tremendous job. Danny Hamilton, this was amazing. I learned a ton. I'm stealing a ton from this. I was expecting <laughs> nothing less. Um, thank you so much for everything that you've done for exploring this world and having a really interesting conversation. Um, I, I can't thank you enough. It's really great. And we love your other content. And for the listener, like I highly encourage you to take your advice and go over to Apple and download, um, 
download our podcast, make sure you subscribe, leave it a rating review. It's really a great show and you do a great job with it. So Danny, thank you so very much for everything that you do. And thank you for taking time to be on our show today. Thank you so much. It was so fun to talk about this. I did not know this is the very first time in my life I have talked about this content and it was super fun and I loved it. So thanks for having me. Absolutely. It's way fun, huh? It's like kind of unexpected. Yeah, yeah, it really is. That's awesome. I love it. Well, thanks again. We appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the How to Make a Podcast podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave us a rating and review on Apple. Also, be sure to check out the show that made all of this possible, Boundless Body Radio, where we provide tons of helpful and informative content, feature incredible guests, and talk all about health and wellness. Cheers, and thank you for joining us on the How to Make a Podcast podcast.